0: you found your places look with me in verse 6 Peter chapter 5 verse 6 he says humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time casting all your care upon him for he careth for you be sober be vigilant because your adversary the devil is a roaring lion Walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resists steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning. We're seeking your presence and your power, your mercy. Father, forgive us where we fail you and we sin. Thank you for the victory which is in Christ. Father, we do pray if one is not here, if one is here who's not saved, that today you will work your power within their their soul, their heart, their mind, where they may see the condition that they are in before you. Father, may we just Rejoice in the hope of your word, for your promises are true. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. These words in verse 7, they're profound. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. You know, there's moments in our lives when we need to be reminded And embrace and hold on just to how much God cares for you we need to hold on to that we need to meditate on that and think about that you know as I meditated on this subject I got to thinking when in our lives is this just bring so much comfort to our hearts and energy and peace these words that he cares for us. Now, that word careth in verse 7, that he careth for you, it's an interesting word in the Greek. What it really means is that it is taking concern or that it matters. So, if I care for you, what it means is you matter to me. That's what the word careth. In the Greek is. He cares for you. Now, the beauty about grammar, I know to some people grammar is a little boring, but when when you're you're studying words, especially the Word of God, and you start looking at the grammar, it just opens up a richness in the Word. This word careth is present tense and it's indicative mood. So what that means, present tense, is, is that God is continually caring for you right now all the time. Yes, He did care for me in the past. I can look back and I can see how God has just cared for me and loved me. But He's doing, I mean, we think of Calvary, the expression of love, that He cared for me, to die for me. But yet, even today, He is still caring for me just as much as when He died for me. Indicative mood means that it's factual. It's true. That verb is, it's true, he does. That's a factual statement. Now, when we look at verse 7, if you know me, I don't like to take things out of context. I like to leave them in the context. But there's really, there's two things with verse 7 we want to see, is what is it to cast our cares upon him, and what is it that he careth for us? But we need to kind of figure out what's in the orbit of this verse. And it really does go into this, this notion of casting the, the things that we are to do. We know what God has done for us. But what are we to do? And earlier he has admonished in this direct chapter to be submissive, to be submissive. That Look up at verse 5. He says, Likewise ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. But here's the, the main thrust. Yea, all of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility, for God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. In the immediate context, he is talking about being submissive to one another in love in the church, whether it's unto the elder and all of us unto each other within the church. The bigger context of Peter, this is the last chapter of Peter, the bigger context is to be submissive to the will of God and the events that has happened in your life. Be submissive. Humble yourselves. And because you are going to do that, you're going to have some worry. You're going to have some anxiety that's in your life. And that's when the command comes in verse 7, anticipating that you're going to have worry and you're going to have anxiety in the events which God has ordained in your life. You're going to have them. You're going to have cares. What does he tell you to do? Cast them upon him, for he cares for you. And so that is the context. God resisteth the proud and gives grace to the humble. And we really need to understand, well, what do proud people do? Well, proud people harbor the care. Those who are humble... Those who have humility, they cast their care. It's on each other. It's on the Lord. Those who are proud feel like casting your care is an area of vulnerability. It's weakness. It's what other people will perceive as weakness. I mean, I'm not too weak to cry into the arms of another saint. That's, that's, yeah, others may see it as vulnerability. Pride sees it as vulnerability. But faith and humility sees it as casting our cares, taking that load off of you. Pride wants to carry the load. Humility wants to cast the load. And so when we see that God commands us to humble ourselves in verse 6, that he may exalt you in due time, how do we humble ourselves? He gives us the antidote. Verse 7, we humble ourselves by casting all our cares Upon him. So, the two things I want to look at this morning. First of all, what is it to cast our cares? Secondly, what is it that God cares for us? First of all, cares are anxiety and worry. Cares are the things that happen to you in life that causes anxiety or worry. Now, first of all, if you're saved today, you have already submitted yourselves once. You have already cast your cares upon him already because you came to him in repentance and in faith and in humility. To be saved, you have to come to God in humility. You have to come casting your deep heart concern upon him. That is in Romans chapter 10, verse 13. It says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That word call is a heart call. It's a wrenched heart call. It's of a contrite and broken spirit. It's not just, a, oh, that's all I have to do, be saved? Well, let me just call on the Lord. Lord, save me, and then go on with your life. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord is understanding that He is the one who saves. He's the one who sends wrath. You are the one who are in jeopardy with His wrath and His judgment but he will save you if you call upon him with all your heart." What did you do when you did that? You were submissive, weren't you? You casted your care of hell, being punished, of fire. You casted your care upon him. And you did that in faith. You did that in humility. Those who are proudful want to hold on to it. They just want to harbor it. Now. That is salvation. We see that we casted our cares upon Him in salvation, but there's also events. Now, within the context, again, of 1 Peter, 1 Peter is writing to suffering saints, those who are being persecuted in the name of Christ, that the government is persecuting them, that... Uh, religious uh, organizations are persecuting them, that they're being chased, they're being hunted, they're being scattered, they're being separated from their families. And so the suffering, the, what's in their life in this point are the events which are causing suffering. And what the admonition is, is this suffering is causing you anxiety and it's causing you fear. But we also know from context, it is whatever the will of God is for you in your life. That there's more uh, for suffering and more than just uh, suffering in the name of Christ and being persecuted, but there's, as we see Paul talk about the futility and decay, that what sin has caused, sin has caused death. Sin is present in the world. We see the effect of sin. We see the effect of death. We see the curse of sin. The curse of sin has robbed us from people we love sin causes death the reason that there's a children's hospital is because sin causes death it wasn't their individual sin that maybe that's why they're sick it's the it's the effect of sin it's a sin-cursed world and the only cure is salvation the only cure is the savior and so we know that there are cares in this life that affect us this i mean If you meditate upon this, think of sickness, pain, heartbreak. There's uncertainty. There's cares and uncertainty and poor health, aloneness, and death. All of these can work cares in us, can work fear, can work anxiety. You know, one of the things that Jesus, in John chapter 14, you don't have to turn there, John chapter 14 was when Jesus was telling his disciples that I've got to go I'm going to leave you the disciples had come to be with Jesus all the time they enjoyed the comfort of his company they loved him and so it brought a sadness to them that Jesus says that I'm leaving I am no longer going to be here with you and so how did Jesus address that he knew that they would sorrow. Jesus knew that they would miss him. He says this in John 14, 18. He says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Isn't that something? Even though his presence is not with us, he said, I will come to you. He says, Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more, but ye see me. Jesus says, Because I live, ye shall live also. What a great hope. What a great hope that he gives us. Because Jesus lives, I will live also. That death is not the final say. It is not. It has a dominion, it has a reign, but God's grace is greater. God's reign of life is much greater. Jesus says, because I live, you shall also live. In John 14, 27, he says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth. give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid." There are events in our life that we submit ourselves to the care and the love of God. You know, these events that happen to us, either they're happening, and all of us can relate, either they're happening to us, they're happening around us, or they're happening to people who we love in our lives. But here's the question I want to ask. Do the events that happen in our lives, which cause us to care, to have worry, do these events happen outside of the control of God? And then we go to God to help us with this event that just sprang up out of the blue? No. That's not what the Word of God teaches. The Word of God teaches that all the events of our lives have been preordained and ordained or orchestrated of God. Every single one of you, the numbers of your hair are numbered. The numbers of your hair, God has, in the Word of God, He says that He has ordered and ordained all things rather to accomplish His whole will. In Proverbs 16, 4, it says, The Lord hath made all things for Himself, yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. The days of every man, woman, child, are numbered and determined upon the earth. Job said, Seeing his days are determined, the number of his months are with thee, thou hast appointed his bounds, that means his boundary, that he cannot pass. One of my favorite psalms is Psalm 139. He says, Thou compasseth my path and my lying down. Thou hast beset me before and behind and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. You were not born by accident because we were fearfully and wonderfully made. Nor will we die by accident because God has ordained a day that we should die. And after this, the judgment. That our rising up and our going to sleep has all been determined by God. So, knowing this, we come to this conclusion. This is the same if-then-else statement that I gave earlier this morning. If all the events in my life are ordained of God and in God's control, one, and two, He cares for me, then three, then what's happening to me in my life must also be in the care and in the control of God. It's not by accident. Things don't happen to you outside of the control of God. They happen to you within the control of God. And because He cares for you, it's happening also within His care for you, the things that happen in our lives, the things which cause cares. Now, in verse 7 he says, casting all your cares. What that word means, casting, this term, was used for people who would take a load and then they would throw it on top of an animal. So they would take the load off of themselves and they would cast this load upon an animal for the animal to bear that load. And Psalm 37, how do we cast our cares upon him? You don't have to turn there. My Bible has a reference to Psalm 37, verse 5 there, at then verse 7. But... It, what it has in there is he tells us to trust in God, to delight in God, to commit to God, and to rest in the Lord. He will feed you. And he says you will inherit the earth. Now, now we know that we are to cast our cares, our worries, anxieties upon Him. And secondly, why? Because of verse 8. Not only, the, the, not only one, the blessing that we get, of God our Father, but two, who is roaring around? Who is walking around? Who is just, they're they're licking their chops at any kind of despair you have in your life, any kind of sadness, any kind of depression you have in your life. Verse 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. These these verses are together for a purpose, for a reason. Because he's talking about in verse 7, first of all, you're going to have cares in your life. You're going to have worry. You're going to have anxiety. You're going to have fears. You're going to feel abandoned. You're going to be confused. You're going to have health issues. You're you're, going to feel like things are overpowering you. But he says here, take all those things off of yourself. Bear them no more and cast them upon God because He is able to bear that load for you. Because if you don't, the devil is right there waiting for you to be drowned in those sorrows. He's waiting for you to pounce on you. And that's what he says. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. The devil wants to talk you into seeking the peace that the world offers, not that what Christ offers. Remember, that's what Jesus says: "Peace I leave with you, not as the world leaveth I leave you, but my peace I give unto you." What kind of peace does the world offer you? It offers you escapism. It doesn't deal with the root. It deals with the symptom. It deals with escapism. And however, whatever form you can think of, whether it's pharmace- pharmaceuticals or it's alcohol or it's things of that nature, that's what the devil's going to whisper to you. you the, the devil's going to say, you don't need church. That's the last thing you need is church because you've got nothing to be thankful for. That's the devil. Going down that road is dark. Going down that road is depressing. Going down that road, there's no joy in your life. But as children of God, when we take those cares and we cast them upon Him in faith, say, Lord, I know you have a plan, you have a purpose. Lord, even the thing that happened to me, and I know you love me, was already determined to happen to me, just so you could draw me closer to let me know how much you do care. He cares for you. So we move on to how does God care for us? Well, if he did not care for you, he would have never saved you. First, if God did not care for you, he cares for you. He would have never saved you. First of all, he cares for you with his immutable love. Immutable means that it cannot change. His love was expressed in eternity back with uh, unconditional election, how He determined to save me. He determined to establish me, to adopt me as His child in Christ Jesus, through Christ Jesus, that I should be heir, that He should redeem me out of the slave market of sin, and that He should call me to Himself. He did so with His love. He predetermined to save me in Ephesians 1.4. His love is also expressed at Calvary. The sacrificial and substitutionary death which Jesus took my place upon the cross the punishment for sins he says in whom we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace he cares for me and that he has expressed his love in the way that he has called me to himself I could not go to him he had to call me and he called me by his power God expresses His care for me that it was by His power I am saved. There's power in the blood of the Lamb. How beautiful those hymns which we sang this morning, that He has washed away my sins. Those sins which I was indebted that I would be paying the penalty if I were to die and go and, and to go into the ground without having my sins forgiven in this life, here, right now, not tomorrow, now, if you don't have your sins forgiven now, you will pay for them yourself for eternity. Or did God punish His Son in your place? Did God pour out His wrath for you as if it were you? But it wasn't, it was my Savior and Lord Jesus Christ upon the cross who paid for my sins. That's love. Love was demonstrated. The, he cares for me that He is my shepherd. Turn over with me to Psalm 23 if you want to keep your place here. I thought about just quoting this, but I think it would be good if we both look at it together. Psalm 23 Psalm 23, now, not only does, has God expressed His care for me, that He cares for me in salvation, but He expresses His care for me day by day. From my birth to my death, he, is, he cares for me full time, all the time. From the second I was born to the second I die, God will never stop caring for me or you. Isn't that a profound statement? that he cares for you. Now look at Psalm 23. Look how many times the word my, I, me are referenced. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. What was the condition that David was saying this person is in? This person had a lot of care. When you have a lot of cares in your life and I remember there being times that I was just at wit's end and I was on my face and I remember this verse I remember it verse 2 he maketh me to lie down the Lord knows your cares he knows that you're gonna worry he knows that you have anxiety he knows you have fear he knows The fears and the trembling that you're going through. He knows the weight of having all those cares upon you. So what does He do? He wouldn't make you lie down if you didn't need to. He knows you need to. He tells you to lie down. He leadeth me beside the still waters because I need still waters to be led by. I need there to be comfort in my heart. I need there to be reassurance in my heart. I need there to be peace. I need there to be the presence of God in my heart to bring just light into this. In verse 3 he says, He restoreth my soul, because my soul needed restoring. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me thy rod and thy staff comfort me you know what's beautiful about that rod and that staff it speaks of authority i get comfort in knowing that whatever i'm going through that jesus is the authority he is the final authority do you remember what He did when, when the, they were out on the, the sea and they were tossed to and fro and they were scared for their lives? And when they look out, they see... Not, this isn't when Jesus hushes the storm. This is when Jesus is walking on top of the water. He has the authority over all things in your life that would cause you care. His rod, His staff comfort me because I know that God will never give me more than I can handle. He's going to lead me. He's going to guide me. But I've got to cast my care on Him. I've got to to commit it to Him. I've got to submit it to Him. And that's the other thing that He is to me. He cares as my shoulder to cry on. Isn't it wonderful that Jesus has the government upon His shoulders and he also has my tears. Because he's the shoulder I cry on. Isn't that beautiful? You know, John John 11, 33, it talks about when Jesus saw that when Lazarus had died, and Jesus says, where have you led him? And Jesus noticed all of the weeping and the grieving, and even Jesus wept. And the beggar who was... On earth, the beggar, he had such a hard and painful and probably confusing life. But what happened when the beggar died? He was brought up on angels' wings. And he was brought up in the glory. It may look like God doesn't care, but He does. He does. He cares for Him. He healeth the brokenhearted. He bindeth up their wounds. Psalm 147, verse 3. The message is stop bearing your own heavy load and start casting your care upon him for he careth for you. Satan wants to take your situation and make it worse. The Lord loves you and he wants you to cast your care upon him in humility and not swallow all of it on yourself in pride. It's a most profound statement. God cares for you. He loves you, and He gave Himself for you because by His stripes you're healed. He loves you, and He wants you to come to Him even if you have a little scrape on your knee and just need a Band-Aid, or you come to Him because you have a major surgery to come through. He cares for you. Cast all your cares, and that's all. All-inclusive. He cares when we cry. He cares when we're afraid. He cares when we grieve. He cares when our bodies are in pain. And there's that song, I know many of you know, Does Jesus Care? It says, Does Jesus care when my heart is pained too deeply for mirth and song? When the burdens press and the cares distress and the way grows weary and long? Oh, yes, he cares. I know he cares. His heart is touched by my grief. When the days are weary, the long nights dreary, I know my Savior cares. What a blessing. I pray the Lord has richly blessed you. Go home with that thought. He cares for you. You know, you could go back through your life, and it would be innumerable innumerable events in your life that you would point to that say, you know what? My God cared for me in the past. Look at all He's done for me. Look at what the Lord has given me in my life. But He still cares right now. Even though you know the Lord may have taken that blessing and that gift from you in your life, but He still cares for you. Every single one of our days are numbered. But you know what? God has the final authority his rod, His staff, they comfort me. I know that faith is a victory and that this is not the best. The best is yet to come. And when we shall see Jesus, when we will be with our Savior face to face, when, you know what, now is the time for faith. Now is the time for trust. Not after you die. Now is the time... For for faith now the Lord's testing our faith he's strengthening our test you know he's not testing us just to see if we pass or fail he's testing us to strengthen us he's bringing things in our lives that we must cast our cares upon him knowing that he cares for us to, to release those burdens that are upon you now is the time for faith now is the time for trust there will be a day coming when those things will no longer be needed because we will be with him. Just as the disciples were with him, they were in his presence. But Jesus says, I'm going away, but I will come to you. I pray the Lord has blessed you. I pray that you're saved today. And if you're not, that you receive the Lord as your personal Savior, that you call upon him. For the Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. Have you cast your call upon him, your cares upon him? And if you are saved today, that how beautiful, how profound, how amazing that God cares for you. All right. Heavenly Father, thank you for the day. We pray, Lord, your blessings upon your word. We pray your blessings upon the lives who are here today. Lord, the hope that you give us of our heart, that you are on your throne. All things are after the counsel of your will, That, Father, one day we will all be redeemed in glory together, singing the praises, singing of the Lamb which was slain. Lord, what a beautiful uh, splendor of love which You have displayed. No greater love can there be than what You have displayed to us and what You have done for us. Father, may we just in our cares and in our times of sorrow and anxiety, of worry, Father, may we remember these words to cast that burden upon you, for you do care for us. We thank you, Father, for your sweetness and your goodness to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand, please. I'm going to ask Brother Ron and Sister Harriet to come forward. We'll have a couple...